Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. The elders who are among you, I exhort. And then the Apostle Peter says, I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, Serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Elders, this goes out to overseers of the church. Elders could be pastors, leaders the overseers of the church. There's an exhortation out here for you guys. You're in leadership. Those that are in leadership in the church, there's an exhortation. There's a lot here, but basically the the one that stands out is to be an example to the flock. As a shepherd, sheep follow the shepherd. And if if the shepherd's following, you know, if he's leading a bad example, everyone's going to go that way. But we're to be examples. We're to, you know, we're to lead in the right way. And you know, sometimes the elders or the pastors or the leaders, they're not even realizing people are watching us. Our lives are under microscopes. So as a good pastor, as a good leader, you know, we're, we can lead in the wrong things or we can read, lead in the right things. Pastors should be men of the word, men of prayer, men of faith, Men with their houses in order, and on and on and on. All those things are important for, for a pastor, a leader. But also, you know, I want to bring this down to, to even in the congregation, that to be an example of what a Christian is in your neighborhood, or in your house, or in your, in your workplace. To, we're called to be an example, because people are watching but when we do, I just for those that are teachers or those that are called in leadership, I just want to point out before we go to the next verse, if we do, there, there's laid up for us a crown of glory that doesn't fade away. I do not have a clue what this crown of glory is. Totally, the Bible doesn't make it clear. I can't even imagine. But since I've been called to be a pastor, teacher, I'm like, Lord, help me to do my best to be that pastor teacher that you've called me to be, because whatever you have that's for us for all eternity, a crown that will not fade away. I don't understand exactly what that is. I'm not doing this for that, but I want to be a partaker of that crown of glory. And there's different crowns that are given to us for those that are faithful, those that share their faith and all these type of different things. And there's different rewards for us. And I pray for every one of us that when we enter into heaven, when we enter into glory, 
that you know, we would receive all that God has intended for us. I don't, I pray that, you know, for all of us here that we don't just enter in and God says, okay, come on, get in. Boy, you just made it. Just get in there. You know, it's like, I hope that doesn't happen to any one of us. What we do here makes a difference for all eternity. And I know that you guys have heard this, but I just want to exhort you the best way I can to, to be about all that God has called you to be about. Don't allow this world and the cares of this world to steal and destroy and to rip you off from all that God has intended for you for all eternity. Because he has intended for us, I believe for all eternity, there's, there's you know, rewards for every one of us. And I pray that we don't miss out on it. I want every one of us to hear those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. And as we enter in, and then, you know, for all eternity, there's, a, there's these crowns and there's these rewards for, for all eternity. And, and I, I pray we don't miss out. Where we, don't, we don't get to heaven and it's like, oh man, you missed out. All these things were to be added unto you, but I couldn't trust you in the little things, so we, we're not able to give you these greater things. We're not able to, to, to you know, bestow upon you all that we've, we've, we've you know, wanted to bestow upon you. And I pray that will not be the case for not one of us that are here. And I think it's good to evaluate or reevaluate our lives every once in a while and say, Lord, am I in the center of your will? Am I about the things that you call me to be about? Am I, am I doing what you call me to do? And, and then to be faithful in wherever he's called us, just be faithful, whatever he's called you to do. And we've talked about this before also, but you're, and you're faithful in the things he gives you, and then he gives you greater things and he trusts more with you and he entrusts you with even more and even more and even more. So for the overseers, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you, verse 5, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humility, submission, God's way. The elders are to lead. They're to lead by example. The, uh, the younger people in the church are to submit themselves to the elders. They're to submit themselves to one another. They're to be clothed with humility. I, I believe where it's, you know, the word humility is a, a humble opinion of oneself, a deep sense of uh, littleness of oneself, or basically a good, good explanation of humility is not thinking of yourself at all. Think of others and keeping your eyes on the Lord. But to be clothed with that. I, I believe when, you, when you're clothed with something, there's an outward, you can see it outwardly. And if somebody's clothed in humility, it'll be something that everybody would see. You know, they, they could see that there's humility in that person. I'll tell you, before I knew the Lord, I, I reeked with pride. I reeked with it. I was clothed in it. I see pictures and I, I you know, these, you know, look at myself. I'm like, oh man. And I truly thought, you know, I, I you know, the way I thought, I thought that was if you're prideful, that's a good thing. 
And I kind of strived to be prideful. I thought, this is good, you know, to be prideful, to be puffed up. And, and, you know, the way of the world, the way I thought is like, this is a good thing. Looking down on people, thinking that you're something or whatever, just being, you know, that type of a person. And, and it was, I was clothed in it. And as a Christian, we're to be clothed in humility. We're to submit to one another. Submission. The world is so perverted, that word submission. It's not even funny. They, they think that's a bad word. Even in some Christian realms, you say submit, and they're like, oh, you know, it's like they, you know, they, it's so perverted, that word submission. Have you ever thought about the fact it's a biblical word? It's a good word. It's placing yourself under, under ranking. And God is called order, submission. It's his calling. God hates pride. He puts down those that are prideful. He exalts those that are humble. But it's something that he desires. It's seen outwardly. And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And I love the wording of that. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. If you continue to humble yourself, you continue to to submit yourself, he will exalt you in due time. He'll put you where you're supposed to be. And then verse 7. This is like an all-time favorite verse, isn't it? Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Isn't that a great verse? I love what it says, all your cares, not just some of your cares, all your cares upon him, the Lord. Why? Why do we put it upon him? What does it say? Because he cares for us. We have a God that cares for us. I don't know about you, but I'm awfully thankful that he cares about us. And I'm awfully thankful for this verse that I can cast all my cares upon him. All my worries. Things that would make you anxious, you can cast that all on him. And he wants to take it from you. Casting it all upon him. Interesting word, casting. It's a, it's a word that means to roll on something, to roll it over to him. Very interesting. I know sometimes it seems like you rolled it on him and then he rolls it back to you a couple of days later, right? And you roll it back on him, casting our cares. You roll their cares. You get, here you go, Lord. And you walk away and it's like, oh, it feels so much better. I feel, oh my goodness, this is great. And I've cast that care upon him. I'm not worried about that anymore. And it's gone. And then you wake up in the morning and it's right back on you again. So you get up and say, Lord, take this from me. It's bothering me. It's, it's bugging me. And you just roll it over upon him. You just cast it upon him. You give it to him. And it's like, oh, yes. And you, and you know it's gone. And it's taken away. And then you walk in freedom. You're like, this is great. This is so good. Thank you, Lord. And I find personally sometimes he'll roll it back. I've heard one pastor say it's like he likes playing ball with us. You know, we just roll it to him and he rolls it back. 
you're constantly just, you know, bringing it all to him, giving it all to him. And he takes it away and, he, and it's just a, a rolling on and you place it upon him. And it keeps us close to him. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things I've, many things I've cast on him and they're gone. And I like that. That's much better. Cast it on him and it's, just, it's taken away. And I, I love when that happens. But personally, I've had things that, that I rolled back. We're to cast all our cares. Do you have cares this morning? Did you come in these doors with some cares? Cast it on the Lord. Give it over to him because he cares for you. Be sober. There's a lot of good verses here, guys. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. Be vigilant. There's a real battle. Your adversary, he's out to get you. He's out to destroy you. Every Christian should realize we are in a battle. And we're to be sober. The word sober means have self-control, not intoxicated. Could mean alcohol or the allurements of the world. Don't, don't be you know, intoxicated with the world and the things of the world. Have a sober mind. Keep your mind alert because he's out to get you. Be vigilant. The word means awake, watchful, not overtaken by sin. So be sober, be vigilant because there's a real adversary. He wants to devour you. Resist him steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother, by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him steadfastly. So you're in a real battle. We're not on a playground. We're in a battlefield. The devil is real. He's out to destroy lives. Pastor Shane shared the other day, I think it was last week, how when they were out in the streets, he was sharing with these these three people, two girls and a guy, and they confided in him that they have a demon. And, you know, they opened up to him and says, hey, you know, we want to tell you something. Do you believe in demons? And he says, oh, yeah, the Bible talks about them. And he says, and they, they shared with him, you know, well, we have a demon. And he counseled them, you know, they're, well, the demons are out to destroy us. It's not a good thing. And, and some people, they toy with demonic. They toy with darkness and evil they, because they feel they get some power from it. And there, there's powers in darkness, you know. The devil's real and there's, there's power in darkness. But be rest assured, darkness and the devil and evil, they're out to destroy. They're never out to help you. Never. They might promise you great things, but they're out to destroy you. But the great thing is we looked at last week, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And, and as a born again uh, believer, we don't have to fear the devil. We don't have to worry about darkness. We have authority over all darkness. It's funny. I remember uh, before, before I became a Christian and when I was young, my mother passed away when I was months old and my sister being, you know, a few years older than, than myself and, and my brother and all, uh, she wanted to contact our mother. And so we would, as kids, we would have seances to contact my mother. And, you know, she, you know, my sister of all, she's the pastor's wife now. So she's, you know, she's okay now, but, 
but she was the ringleader in this whole thing. You know, this is the three of us, you know, and we were, you know, she was, she knew my mother. I was a baby. I didn't know my mother, but she missed my mother. She's like, you know, let's bring her back. Let's talk with her. And we're like, really? Let's, let's talk. So we would hold hands and we would have these weird seance. We'd talk and say, mom, if you're here in the house, knock on that wall. Then you'd hear boom, boom, boom. And there was a real knock on the wall and just crazy stuff. Then we would get a deck of cards. This is all true stuff. Deck of cards, queen of hearts on the top of the deck. We'd put the queen of hearts right on the top. We'd say, you know, then we'd take it, you know, put it up there and then we'd stuff it right in the bottom. We'd say, mom, if you're here, if you love us, put the queen of hearts on the top of the deck. And we'd flip the top after we put it on the bottom and, and it would be right on the top of the deck. We entertained, as I know today, the darkness that was not my mother. But I remember we've opened the door. You know, we had that door open. And I remember my sister became a Christian now. And then she's, she was saved before me. And, you know, and she was walking with the Lord and all this stuff. Well, I was experiencing this evil in the house and this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'd shut doors and the doors would open up. You know, I'd you'd go into the restroom and shut all the doors. I'd open up the, the you know, no one was in the house and doors would be all flung open. I was like, whoa, I mean, this was scary stuff. So I told my sister, I says, hey, you know, what, you know, you know, she was the Christian. I said, what do we do? You know, and she says, well, as a Christian, you have authority. But I wasn't a Christian. She was the Christian. So I had no authority. So I'd be in the house and I would say, you know, in the name of Jesus, get out. And I said, nothing. I had no authority whatsoever because I didn't have, you know, the Holy Spirit living inside of me. But as soon as I had the Holy Spirit live inside of me, whoosh, it's gone. It's done away with. And we need to know that as Christians, that we have all authority in Christ, that the, <laughs> there is a demonic realm. <laughs> but the demonic realm has no authority over us. The only way we can be affected by evil is if we dabble with darkness and we go back into the world. We have no business going back into the world. Resist the devil means, you know, take a solid stand against him. One of the best ways to do that is with the word of God. As Jesus Christ, when he was tempted, we know the story. He kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. He quoted the scriptures every time. We're to resist him. Steadfast in the faith. It was a few days ago, I was talking to a lady that I just met her and she told me how she accepted the Lord as a young girl and, and she said, you know, talking about her life and da, 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 da. And then, you know, she goes to a church that doesn't really go through the Bible. They don't read the Bible and, and stuff. She doesn't learn the, you know, too much of the Bible at all. And then she started telling me, you know, she says, you, you know, I've been really defeated in my life, you know, and she's, you know, just kind of opening up to me about all this, knowing I'm a pastor, I guess she's just talking about being defeated and everything. And then I, I says, well, think about this. I says, you know, the, the Bible talks about having the, the whole armor of God on. I said, it's so important if you're a believer, all of us as believers to know the word of God, because that is our sword. I said, basically, if you don't know the word, if you're not staying in the word of God, it's like you're taking your sword and you're, you're going out to battle without your sword. And I said, of course you're defeated. I said, nobody can make it without their, you know, without a weapon. You, you need to have the weapon of 
the holy, you know, of the, of the word of God. And, and it's just like eye opening. I told, you know, I explained like Jesus when he, you know, he used the word of God and the importance. And she's like, wow. And I said, just, you know, do me a favor for yourself. Read the words, spend time in the word of God. I said, and watch, you know, just keep seeking the Lord, but you know, just open up the word and, and start reading the word of God. We're to resist him steadfast. We're to be those that, that are in the word. Otherwise, we'll be defeated. But know, knowing that and they're going through sufferings, that the same sufferings are going on around the world, especially what we're going through is nothing compared to what the world is going through. There's Christians around the world today. Verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The sufferings we go through, they're for us. To perfect us. The word perfect is to bring wholeness, establish us, to make us firm. To strengthen us is to give us strength. To settle us is to bring stability. If we didn't have suffering, think about that. I think it'd be shallow. All this stuff that comes our way, I don't know. I know personally, it brings me closer to the Lord. And I look back and I, I think of the difficult times and I see, wow, Lord, you, you've brought strength through it. You've brought stability through it. You've brought trust through it. I, I've seen your hand through these different things and the growth that comes through the, the suffering and the trials. But think how shallow. I, I look at my life. If, if I would have, we started this work, it was 11 years ago. St. Patrick's Day is when we had our first prayer meeting over on the house of Vivian's house. 11 years ago. And I look at those years and I look back and I, and I remember the intense battle as soon as we started the work. Intense. And then I look at those battles and I think, wow, that's nothing to com- compare to the battles we go through right now. And the strength and the stability and the, and the trust and, and just to watch the hand of the Lord just through that. It's like, you know, if you were to, to run away from those trials and just say, I'm out of here, and you don't allow the Lord to settle and strengthen and, and bring that trust in you, you're going to have a shallow Christian walk. And I'm thankful the Lord kept us there. I'm telling you, some of the battles were so intense when we first started this work. If we didn't know a thousand percent that God started this work, I'm telling you, we probably would have walked out from this work an easy 50 to 100 times. Easy. Just walked out. Said, this is ridiculous. This is not God. This is just, this is terrible. This is of the devil. But then the Lord says, "Uh, do you remember I, I dropped you off right on a person's doorstep? It's like, okay, Lord, I know you started this work. But is there someone else that can finish this work, Lord? <laughs> no. And I look back now and I said, Lord, thank you for putting me through those heavy duty trials. Because you did an awesome work. I don't know about the church and all as much, but in my life and in my wife's life, there was a lot of work that took place. And all those that stuck it out and hung out with us and went through these trials with us. Let me tell you, it was a walk of faith and not by sight. 
to trust. Okay, God, I know this is you. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. This is intense, but okay, God, we're going forward. And the pictures which you see, you see that here where you have that perfecting, that establishing, that strengthening, that settling. When you put your hand to the plow and you go forward, even though it's difficult, but you trust that God is working it all out for good because he's on your side and he's working for your eternal welfare for all eternity. And he's at work. Don't run away. Trust him. the throne of mercy. Sound of hearts in praise. It's the sound of hearts in praise. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714 788 8221. That's 714 788 8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come your throne of mercy it's the sound of hearts in praise it's the sound of hearts